0: Hello and welcome to the Biztrepreneur Podcast. I'm Kevin Ross and I'll be diving deep into conversation with entrepreneurs, hearing their stories, the highs, lows, tips, tricks, and tactics, and most importantly, to see where we can learn and hopefully be inspired. On today's episode, I'm chatting to Aidan O'Carroll of Avalanche Science. Signs. We hear about how his business started, how it literally started on his bedroom floor. He tells us a crazy story about a client from hell and also how he loves to support his local GE and community. Give both of us a tag on Instagram, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Overall, I think the good outweighs the bad. And, you know, like I said, regardless of whatever you want to do, you know, unless you have that failure and that rock-bottom moment, I don't think you'll ever be able to drive on and hit the heights that you're looking to hit. I had 520 euros in my bank account at the time. So that left me with a grand total of about 6 euros to my name. You cannot cater for that. Like, you know, you can study business for 10 years, and you can't cater for that just another kind of web designer like kid with a laptop to basically one of the biggest firms in the country.
0: Aidan O'Carroll of Avalanche Designs, you are very welcome to the Biz Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to have a fellow belly Off man on the podcast with me.
1: Yeah, uh, for, uh, for your sins. Like I said, uh, you're a client of ours, so I think we were contractually obliged to do this.
0: <laughs> Aidan, look, just to give our listeners an intro as to who you are and what you
1: do. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, obviously, my name is Aidan O'Carroll. Uh, I own a web design company called Avalanche. Uh, we've been doing this since 2012 at this stage. So um, yeah, we just basically do web design, e-commerce, search engine optimization, for clients in Ireland and kind of all over the world, really. Cool. Um, and Aidan, just before we get
0: into the nitty gritty parts of the business and where you started, I suppose myself and Aidan met back in 2016 when I was like, I need a website for Care Bounce Gassels. All I was I was only using Facebook and social media at the time. And of course, it, it kind of transformed the business. Anything going online and having you know more of a reach, it worked very well. And Aidan has been um, managing it and developing it since then. And so, Aiden, before we end up talking about where you started and before we talk about how you ended up being headline on local newspapers and local evening radio news, you know, lady goes gaga for Aiden's designs. Look, where did it all begin?
1: Um, yeah, I guess it really kind of depends on where you classify begin. Uh, like I said, I came out of college in 2012. Now, at the time, you couldn't get a job. It was just a terrible time to be a graduate. It was kind of at the stage where you even got kind of grateful for a rejection email, you know, just to get some sort of reply or something. Recognition. So yeah, just literally anything rather than just um, applying for CVs and getting nothing from it. So at the time, I guess I just kind of started doing just bits and pieces of jobs for like charities, local events, and it was just kind of kept kind of grew from there really. So it's not really something I planned on doing, um, kind of unlike yourself, I guess, who was kind of always like a serial entrepreneur, I guess, all your life, even, you know, since you were a kid, a lot younger. Um, It's something I kind of fell into more than, I guess, you were born into, which um, I'm not sure a lot of people might be the same. But um, yeah, it was just kind of out of necessity more than something that you felt like, oh, okay, this is something that I really want to do or, you know, I spotted a gap in the market or anything like that. It was literally just a case of, okay, let's do this until, you know, a grown-up real job comes along and then we'll take it from there what did you do in college? Uh, so I did uh, information systems something. Uh, can't really remember, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm kind of like a lot of entrepreneurs, like I said, um, even on your podcast, a couple of episodes that you started with and, you know, others that you'd listen to or just YouTube stuff you've seen over the years. Uh, I didn't really have the best relationship with formal education. Um, primary school, all the way up to third level. And, and that wasn't just because I didn't want to be there or anything. It was just the case of... I was just kind of sleepwalked my way all the way through it. Um, even in primary school, I remember... It's only in hindsight now, I guess, you think, you know, you're displaying kind of entrepreneurial traits. I remember they were doing, like, a quiz. And, like, you know, you just have to do all the local schools in the area or whatever. And I was, like, dead set. Like, I don't want to be on this team for a quiz. I want to do it myself. Just, I'll do it and I'll, I'll win it. And I was dead set on doing it. And they are like, no, you have to do it. You have to do it with three other people and you have to do a team. Blah, blah, etc., and I was like, okay, fine, that's when we go on a team. So, we did all like the practice, the training, whatever. I knew every all the answers, and we were all like, oh, cool, we're going to win this, we're going to get like the 50 euros, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, can't wait. Went back to Causeway inside the hall, hmm. and they did the competition and they started doing the quiz, etc. Whatever. I picked the spot on the wall and I stared at it for two hours, didn't open my mouth. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's like, no, yeah, do it my way, or look, we can all lose. And it's only in hindsight now you're like, okay like it's the kind of entrepreneurial traits that you're pulling out and uh, now the people at the time weren't happy uh, my parents with some uh, old school parenting techniques <laughs> we got home yeah um but like I said again that was kind of I suppose my initial kind of problems with formal education that you know I just it just wasn't for me I mean if I had my time back and I know you've spoken about it and we've spoken about it before I don't think I would have progressed on to third level education or certainly not to the extent that I did you know I went down I did a master's after my degree and I tell people all the time, just for me personally, it's a complete waste of time, waste of money, I wouldn't do it again. It's um, if you just need to do it for yourself, like as in, I
0: feel like I haven't really benefited from it, but it's just something you're like, okay, I've done that, it's kind of
1: like a tick the box moment. Yeah, a little bit. Um, again, of course, you know, coming from where I come from, um, like a council estate, kind of just basically from nothing, um, just kind of maybe being a little chip on the shoulder a little bit that you're like, okay, you know, and can get some formal education here, higher education, You know, because obviously at the time, 2012-ish, you know, just everything was in ruins. It was terrible um, work-wise. So I I guess you just kind of went on from there. And I suppose to stay in education just for the sake of doing something rather than just like, okay, I'm at home. I'm on the dole. What am I doing? Great. Yeah, that was pretty much that's pretty much my journey with that. I think the kind of the the step into just kind of starting the business and entrepreneurial was um, I was in third year of college. And actually, you know, I'd sleepwalk my way all through primary school, secondary school, didn't ever have to study for anything, never any hassle. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was just kind of going there because that's kind of where the bus stopped, for lack of a better term. You know, (laughs) you were just, you were just turning up, you were there, like, cool, I'm here. I was going through the same thing in college, hoarding three or four nights a week, basically just going to classes because, you know, what else were you supposed to be doing? And um, it wasn't until I actually failed the module, in college that I kind of actually got my act together so I failed uh, it was a project management I think with Mike Galvin so I failed it in third year and I thought cool no big deal I'll just repeat it in August happy days but so what happened then is I failed it again in August and it was the first time in my life that I'd ever actually failed at anything that I've actually actually genuinely had tried Do you know I really like I studied my arse off I like, think like for the first time ever and I failed and it was the first time that I really kind of like Realised oh okay do You know You can't just do everything Without trying I had a very
0: similar situation Where I did economics And mm-hmm. I did the exam And that was I failed it Then I went to August And I failed it again And then I ended up Taking a gap year out You know Because like I just I wasn't made for it And that was it And it's not for everyone
1: Yeah um, Like I said Looking back At the time You know it was the best thing That ever happened to me Because you know If I didn't have that initial failure It wouldn't have lit the fire in me That I think I still kind of have to this day And since the years passed You kind of have You know whatever I do I attack it 100% with everything that I have. You know, whether that's you know going to the gym or work or you know side projects, whatever it happens to be. But unless you know you have that initial rock bottom failure, kind of looking at yourself in the mirror saying, "Look, if you don't get your act together here, you're going to be a loser for the rest of your life," kind of moment. Which you know everyone in business has, and we will co- we will continue to have those days as well. Like both of us are in business nearly 10 years. And you know it's not all happy sunshine rainbows as you well know. You know exactly. You don't, yeah, yeah. You don't dance down the stairs every day into the office saying, "Oh, I can't wait to do this and get to work." <laughs> but you know, I think overall, I think the good outweighs the bad. And you know, like I said, regardless of whatever you want to do, you know, unless you have that failure and that rock bottom moment, I don't think you will ever be able to drive on and hit the heights that you're looking to hit. You know, the likes of like just basically whatever you want to do in life. Yeah, you need that little bit of a push and motivation.
0: And then, Aiden, I suppose, then it goes from, right, you have started the business. How did you go about even getting your first client? You know, how did you get your name out there? What happened? How did you create your business profile, your personal profile?
1: Um, again, like I said, similar enough to yourself. It's just kind of something you don't realize you're doing it until maybe, you know, six, eight months, nine months later, you're looking back and saying, OK, this is kind of the profile we made for ourselves. Now, at the time, social media was fantastic for us. Um, we used Facebook a lot. So, at the time, obviously, the algorithm was a lot more favorable to businesses. Um, so, you could basically put up any kind of half decent content and you get interaction and you could grow and build from there. Um, but I remember basically my own personal profile on Facebook. I would just add people randomly, people who maybe their dad might have a business or something like that I would add, I was adding people hundreds of people a day didn't had no I had no idea who know they, them I <laughs> yeah. had no idea who they were so I would add 100 people like hundreds of people a day and I made a script basically to send everyone an automated message hi my name is blah 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 do you want to check out our website we do web design send me an email give me a call etc cetera, etc cetera. so i set this up on my laptop just um, a script to automatically run to everyone on my friend list and it basically that was kind of how we started getting the name out there um, I mean if you does people now on Facebook who just have like the only ever interaction from me is like a cold message from years ago. People yeah. who people who I have no who have no interest in it whatsoever, but like you just have to get it out there. Now of course, like I said, social media is a bit more problematic. Uh you basically you don't know, have to pay to play for everything. A lot of more paid ads, a lot of more money being involved. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, we have nearly seventeen thousand followers on Facebook and we just out of interest, I put up a post there before Christmas and it reached like eleven people, I think. Just out of um, pure curiosity, I just because usually we'd promote everything. So at the minute, um, we have an ad going, um, like a Kerry Jersey thing. So I've basically had to put 200 euros behind that just to get it seen by anyone. Mm -hmm. So basically, when you add that up, if you're posting four or five times a month, you know, that can quickly run away from you in terms of a budget. So we were lucky when we first started that. We didn't have to do that. Um, I'm sure you know yourself a couple of years ago. It was much more
0: skewed yeah, towards business. You get much more of a reach straight away. And now like for people starting off, you know, you have Instagram, which is a little bit better. They're kind of fiddling around with that algorithm as well. But then you have the likes of TikTok, which is kind of like open and free at the moment. You know, you can get a lot of reach there. But Facebook is... Has, on, unless you have a budget, you're not really going anywhere on Facebook if you start nowadays.
1: Yeah, I think you need to kind of know your audience, really, and know where they are. Like, for example, you know, I could be on TikTok and like talk about web design. But, you know, am I going to secure a client there who's going to spend 8, 9, 10k on a project on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But they probably will be on Facebook. So, I mean, it depends really on your audience and who you're catering to. Uh, but I think either way, whatever platform you're using or whoever you're targeting, you know, I think now it's at the stage, you will have to have some sort of a budget behind it. So Aidan, going right back to when you got your first client, do
0: you know how did it happen and where did it all go from there?
1: Uh, well, like I said, we were kind of just putting the name out there. When anyone starts a business, you just get the idea and the plan that, okay, this is going to be fantastic and the people are going to flock to this and it's going to take over the world and it's going to be amazing. And that's not always the case. Um, so basically... We got our first client, first paying client, because we were doing a lot of charity work and stuff um, up to this point, getting a lot of just basically practice and learning how to deal with people and learning how to speak and just how to hold a meeting, etc. So we got our first paid client, and it ended up being 250 euros for six months. Six months' work. Wow. So uh, if you work that out, that's a little more than a euro a day. Loaded. <laughs> uh, exactly. So at, at, at the time you you finish it and you get we got the check. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is it. You know, all those days in college, you're, you get that high. But then, you know, you're not long straight away. You're like, oh, shit. You know, I'm, be, I'm working for pennies here. Yes. <laughs> um, so basically, then we had to just kind of, at that point, of course, you know, you're very raw about the whole thing. You were chasing the client for content. And we were happy to wait three weeks for him to come back to us for a, like a paragraph of text and a couple of photos and stuff. Whereas now, you know, it's much more streamlined process. We end up juggling 20, 30, 40 projects a month. But, you know, again, again, like I said, that's just a learning curve that everyone has to go through. We managed to learn a little bit from that first six months of hard graft and we moved on to got another client. And then at um, those days, my goal was kind of let's get a client. So in every county, just kind of like take off the map or whatever. So we were kind of moving through that. We got a Limerick, Cork, Dublin and slowly, you know, but surely, you know, we started building a base. Our fees started going up, thankfully. And we weren't working for pennies anymore. So basically, we're scaling up to this, the the minimum wage level we were scaling up to, which... uh, Yeah, from 250 euros for six months' work to minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not exactly, it's not the glamorous that you might think it was back in the day. So we were scaling up to that. And then we were lucky enough, you know, I just basically, I entered a competition online to do some uh, just design work for a couple of music artists. And basically, like I said, at the time, we had nothing but time, you know, because you're basically hunting and scrounging for every bit of work that you can get. So we just did a bit of design worked in for a couple of like well-known music acts, um, like Lady Gaga, Beyonce, stuff like that. So then that really kind of, I guess, headlined us a little bit just in terms of people actually started to learn okay, what I actually did for a living, like locally. Yeah. And basically from there, then we just managed to grow and basically rinse and repeat all the way through it. We just kept going and going. And luckily, you know, we happened to be here nine years later. And I
0: suppose from things like headline the paper and being on the local news in the evening, you know, that is great advertisement more than anything. That's better than any Facebook post.
1: Yeah, it is. If you'd asked me at the time, you know, I was incredibly uncomfortable about it because, you know, I'm just skinny nerd with left half. you know i don't need to know about any of this so it was the first kind of you know look we've made it we know what we're doing here kind of moment vindication i guess that you know this, this could grow and this could actually be something if we play our cards right so from then when you got those couple of first clients
0: to now bring it up to 2021 what marketing strategies did you use to actually get yourself there
1: yeah so we typically um like i said in my opinion like paddy power is a fantastic marketing campaign everyone like there would be one of my favorites they always do well at any awards whatever so and it kind of suited my personality as well in that you know, I wanted to be in business but at the same stage you know I didn't want to take it too seriously you know because that's just not who I am as a person anyway so that's kind of the line that we've always kind of drawn across all of our marketing branding website everything it's kind of flirting with that corporate slash fun line so that was kind of where we landed and I think that correlates well on any social media rather than you know the hard corporate line which people just aren't going to interact with organically on social media yeah or just or just in general really to be honest and then of course with every business that we know this that there's highs and then there's lows what was the
0: time where Something kept you up at night, pain in the head, kind of blood pressure rose a little bit, kind of went like, what am I going to do here? You know, because every business faces some sort of a problem. And to tell our listeners how you overcome it.
1: Yeah, I think it's the same with every business. I think there's um, a tipping point. So obviously when you start your business for the first uh, couple of months, years, you know, you'll you'll probably have more time looking at the phone wanting it to ring more than anything else. And then obviously there will come a stage where that will be the inverse in that you know you kind of just look if if people could leave me alone for a while I'm too busy <laughs> you know I've had both so it's good to have that second problem big problem for us was basically learning how to scale the business because we were lucky enough in that it basically it took off massively around 14 15 16 so we basically went from like I said just another kind of web designer like kid with a laptop to basically one of the biggest firms in the country so it was really hard at the time to scale up and to to live with that scale in that, you know, you have existing clients that you have to keep happy, the likes of yourself all the time, of course. And then you have new clients coming on board that you just basically have to give all your attention to. And you just end up being pulled in 10 different directions because, you know, when you're in the kind of B2B market, you're a service provider. So you kind of, you end up as a fixer of problems most of the time rather than anything else, you know, as opposed to say, if you're just selling T-shirts or whatever, you know, you make a sale. Good luck onto the next. So um, we were lucky in that we kind of isolated our SEO work. Is um, like search engine optimization. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, it's basically how Google ranks different businesses, and it's basically one of the most important things. Like, for example, if you Google Bouncy Castles, Kerry, what's number one, Kevin? (laughs) KR
0: Bouncy Castles.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, that's years of both of us working on that. That's literally years we've been working on that to get that there. What I've found is that that takes a lot of work, the search engine optimization stuff, for every single client. But a lot of it is pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, a junior developer could do this in his sleep. So what I found, I was spending 20, 30, 40 hours a week doing this which, of course, was taking away then from my initial design work, which is key to getting new clients, which is key to our advertising, word of mouth, referrals, etc. So basically, I kind of sat down and I said, look, if I can make something here, if I can code up some script to do this SEO work for me, then this will free up all my time to do on the design work. And the SEO, I'll just need to check in an hour or so every week. So I ended up working, um, kind of tinkering with um, artificial intelligence to do this for me. And we were lucky enough in that I somehow figured it out. I don't really know how yet, but it's it's still working for us anyway. So that basically runs the SEO section of the company. That frees me up through all the design stuff for all the new clients, word of mouth. So we've gone from working six months for €250 Euros to the SEO arm of the business alone, turning over a million in profit just on its own every year. And we don't have to, we don't really have to worry about that. That's typically kind of the biggest problem we had was to scale that. And we were lucky that I was able to build something that does it for us now. So we've gone from that euro a day to that million profit on one arm just kind of over the last couple of years which has been really helpful to us and then on the total
0: opposite side of it people are going to get sick of this term the sunshine and rainbows of a business you know like what was the peak moment so far in your how many years of business it is nearly nine nine years of business so what is the peak moment
1: where you're like okay this is class i've done something good here now uh i'm not sure that has happened yet to be honest with you i'd like to think we haven't peaked yet anyway um like i said i think that might be actually one of the things i'm very bad at is actually sitting back and saying you know this is this is good we've done that well this has been a great moment etc i'm typically kind of you know once we achieve something and it's done then okay let's get on to the next thing you know i've I've never really been one to celebrate wins like that which is like if anyone is starting a business i would recommend you try and do that because i'm terrible at it I guess maybe the SEO thing, um, again, going back to my surroundings, upbringing, etc., to hit those kind of revenue targets that we set. Like, for example, when I started the business, I had two goals and it was to change the world with technology, which um, I gave myself 10 years to do that. So I need to get my skates on in the next year <laughs> and I give myself, myself five years to hit a million in revenue. So we managed to hit the second one. Um, the first one for changing the world might be a little bit away yet. You still have another couple of months anyway. Yeah, I got a year and a bit. So, I mean, hopefully, um, like I said, I, I would be hoping to sell my AI software to someone down the road. Uh, a couple of interested parties. But um, again, like I said, I'd be wor- I'd be worried what they do with it. So I might keep it close to the chest for the time being. The new Jarvis for Ireland. That's 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 the plan. Like I said, um, typically what, what we started it with, was basically to run bits of the company. Like I said, it'll do the SEO stuff, it'll do like general emails, stuff like that for me. So the plan would be to export that and create a kind of a smart home situation for people. So I could sell that in as a smart home package to people with new bills, sectors like that. So it would run your security heating, you have smart devices like your fridge, it would automatically generate shopping lists for you based on what you eat. Basically, run the house for you, like I said, Jarvis in Man. that would be the goal, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of maybe that might be the thing that I do to, to change the world as I wrote on my little post 10 years ago
0: nearly. So, Aiden, going from there, right, you have become an employer, which is great for the economy, number one, no matter how small or big it is. And then, how did you manage getting that whole side of the business started? You know, that's another big um jump,
1: yeah, it is. And I think it's um tough for everyone who goes from it's basically being a one-man show to bring other people on board because you know at the end of the day it's your baby so you're you're slow to let anyone I suppose do anything independently even you know with my SEO kind of hack which I suppose is the only term for it uh, we were struggling we just I couldn't do everything uh, myself I mean I was working 20 hours a day just burning myself out Share the load to be honest with you so um we're up to a team of nine at the minute Everyone just kind of does their own bits and pieces. Like I said, um, I have my two main kind of lieutenants, Francis and Tommy, who, again, I'll obligate them to listen to this. It's just so they get a mention, they'll be happy out. Um, they're, they're kind of my two main guys. You know, if I have a bad day or if I'm busy or if, you know, life gets in the way, I can delegate everything 100% to the lads and then that'll filter down to everyone else. Yeah, like I said, we're lucky enough to be growing. Um, like I said, COVID hasn't really impacted us the whole pile. Um if anything, we we'll are probably one of the few industries to thrive because you know there's a mad scramble to get online um Irish business as a whole is reactive. I've always found, so I mean it was only until something happened that people made this rush, but like i said it suits um it suits us and basically any other developer who's kind of worked the out really
0: then from in college, right, and you're saying, look, I'm going to become a designer, I'm going to make websites, and you know a lot of people back then could be in very you know kind of saying. What are you going to sit in front of a computer and make websites because obviously things have come a long way since then How did you deal with the amount I'm sure and I could bet that there was probably people that were kind of like You're mad, you're crazy bye
1: Yeah it was a bit to be honest with you because like I said it, it's a crowded space I mean you could get a 14 year old at now and he could probably if you needed to cobble together a website for you on Wix or whatever um, But I just kind of I, I knew kind of coming out of college I'd done a bit of research and I just kind of knew this was something that I was good at. No, I didn't always have the plans to go into business for myself. Do you know what I thought? Okay, I'll just get a job at a web design firm and pay my dues there. I remember my last year in DIT, they did some like program for like local business people and they'd mentor you for six months or something. Okay. And I remember it was um, Ogie Sheehy actually from Fight um, Clarity. I'm sure you'll have him on Ogie here is. at some stage. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be on your list. Um, so basically, uh, Ogie and myself were just chatting away, and um, they had like their checklist of like you know things you have to do for the exercise, whatever. But we were just kind of ignoring it and just basically chatting, saying, "Look, I want to do this. I, you know, I think this will work, etc." And Ogi basically told me, "Look, you're mad. What are you doing? Like it's it's a, it's a crowded market. It's not going to work out." And basically said look this is a risky option and and the funny thing is you know because i get out in my dms a lot now people ask me look i I think i want to be a web designer and i would probably give the same advice that Ogi gave me at the time i said look this is a crowded market man you know unless you unless you really love this and you really want to get after it and you're you're probably not going to break into it and succeed in to a full-time manner like you said for example you know i work six months for a euro a day nearly so i mean unless you really love it, then it's it's hard to break into that. And that goes for any kind of tech sector really that you want to get into. You know, if you want to do social media marketing or web design, you know, whatever you want to get into, you know, it's it's a tough space to break into. So you really have to be prepared. To kind of basically work for nothing for a long time.
0: But look, the caption that I've always read from any of your articles or anything like that is a kid with a dream.
1: Uh, yeah, well that's kind of, um, that's what my um, my grandfather always used to call me, even um, like he passed away last year. And he actually gave me my first business lesson because I remember my first job with him was paving um, when I was a teenager. And um, I remember I was very, very close to packing in school before the junior cert. Because I was getting 50 euros a day in, um, in the summer when I was working. And you can imagine there now when you're that age, 50 euros a day. Loaded. You, <laughs> you, get, you get 300 euros um, after working Saturday as well, a half day. So 300 euros Saturday into truly buying everything I could and being broke again by Monday morning. You think, this is it. This is, just, this is going to be my life now. Happy days. And I remember and I talked to my parents at the time, I wasn't too happy in school. I was kind of getting into trouble. I was just... I just had no interest in being there. And... I basically I said to my grandfather at the time you know everything was going well construction wise it was kind of before the bottom fell out of the country and I said to him I was like look I'm getting 50 euros a day here I'm doing the same work as guys who are getting 100 euros a day you give me 100 euros a day and I'll pack in school and you'll have a full time free and he basically he told me where to go he said not a hope. And I, and I said no problem at all I'm back in school Monday morning And it's it's mad you know Like my whole life The whole company Everything could have just changed, Flipped on that one decision I mean the two of us Were so stubborn That we probably could have Had a, a conversation about it And came to some sort of arrangement But the minute he said no Then I was like Okay Back to the stubborn 10 year old kid I was again And he was just as, just as Just as bad as me Even now to this day like, you know, We're running Nine employees We're in like, it's like 29 different countries Or something So even now I'm still like I still see myself as basically that skinny 19-year-old kid on my parents' box room floor, basically trying to cobble together a website with a basically an antique of a laptop. <laughs>
0: yeah, a big box of a thing probably.
1: Yeah. Even in, like I said, going back to it, if you wanted to do it, you had to go all in on it. I remember I had €520 Euros in my bank account at the time when I f- kind of finished college. Right. Um, so I registered the domain. I have a I and... That was uh, June 15th, uh, 3.23. And I bought a laptop the next day for 499 euros. So that left me with a grand total of about 6 euros to my name total. (laughs) So I kind of had no choice but to make sure it was a success, to be honest with you. I never had that fear of failure because I had no choice. You know, you just had to get on with it. I had no choice. It was either do this or be hungry, basically. That's why I've always kind of looked into it like I... Kind of like, you know, there's no need for a plan B. You know, go all in on plan A if you believe in something. And I'm not sure if you've had this moment or other people listening. If you want to do it, you'll just do it. Yeah, exactly. Just for and I can't really explain it and I don't mean to sound too hippy dippy or whatever, but you know, I just knew it was going to be a success and you know, whatever it took, it was going to work out. And again, like I said, it was just going back to that, you know, that first moment of failure in that you're almost afraid of ever feeling like that again. And I thought, you know, look, if I try this and it doesn't work out, I'm going to have that same feeling. Hopefully, again, touch wood, I'll never have that feeling till the day I die because that's just something you want to avoid entirely. That fear of failure almost drove me on rather than the hunger of success. Yeah. If you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing
0: before you actually started out, what would you say?
1: Uh, I would say enjoy it more than I have over the years. Personally, for myself, it feels like I've been doing this for 20 years, but six months at the same time. It's kind of it feels like a long time, but at the same stage a short time because it only feels in the last like four or five years, et cetera, you know, that you know, we've made it, we're a success. We're gonna drive on and we're gonna really capture even more of the market, we're gonna basically take over. So we'll enjoy the journey of it more than looking at it as a goals and plans scenario. Because it can be tough, you know, you get wrapped up in it, you're like, Oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, you know, et cetera. But you know, you have to enjoy it as well, which is only something I'm still learning, to be honest with you. It's only in the last year or two that i am actually been able to look at it, at the business and say, like like you mentioned earlier, it's like, okay, that was really cool. We did this. Like, I really enjoyed that. Um, but that would be the one bit of advice I would give to myself.
0: And what's your end goal for Avalanche Designs, what do you see happening in the near future? Do you like this is where I wanted to go? And I know, and every time I ask this question, they say,
1: "Oh, I don't want to say it in case it doesn't happen," you know. But look, everyone can have their dream. Uh, yeah, I have no problem at all saying, like I said, I I, I truly believe, you know, that no matter what you do in this life, you know, you want to be a DJ or developer, or bouncy castle empire, or whatever it is. I mean, I really do believe, you know, you have to get after it and attack it with everything that you have, because I mean, otherwise, you know, you might as well just get a job working in your local shop, whatever you want to do. So, yeah, I think basically just kind of expand, grow as we can. I mean, we have nine employees and myself at the moment. So, I mean, I want to double that. I want to triple that. I want to basically, I want to be the biggest web design firm in Ireland, in Europe. I want people to come to us and say, look, I need an Avalanche website. Become the premium firm in the world. And, don't know, it might sound a bit arrogant, but I mean, if you don't have those goals for yourself and for your business, you know no who's who will no one you have to have it yourself it's that fear of failure which probably spurs myself on and going back to that chip in my shoulder that I I had for a long time so whether that's something that drives you on which you can use for whatever your motivation or if it's basically something that you love doing and you want to make a career out of it you know whatever way however you find it I think that's down to every individual person to find it for themselves
0: and for someone starting off in business or for someone sitting on an idea and saying do
1: I do I not do I do I not yeah I think basically my only advice would be just practice learn whatever it is you want to do in this world you should do it with the sole purpose of being the best person in the world to do that thing you know I don't care you want to be a race car driver play for Man United you know if you want to scrub toilets whatever it is do it with the sole purpose of being the best person in the world to do it now you might not hit that that's a very real possibility. But, I mean, if you have that aim and that target, then you will go a long way. You know, rather than, like, saying, oh, well, you know, I think I might do this and this might be a good idea. You know, like, I don't want to hear about might. You know, if someone approaches me about a business plan or an idea, you know, don't talk to me about might. Tell me what's going to happen. Tell me how you're going to make it happen and get after it. So Aiden, work-life balance, you know, for a man I suppose that probably
0: spends most of his 24 hours in a day sitting in front of the computer, how do you manage it?
1: Uh, yeah, you see, this is a tricky one for myself and I might lose a few people here. Um, I'm not a big one for this work-life balance, to be completely honest with you. Um, again, like I said, it's probably easier for me because I'm, I can work from home and again, COVID has an impact, it the whole pile. But, you know, I don't really want to hear about work-life balance, you know you want you want to create something amazing you know work you know steve jobs phil knight massive heroes of mine you know they created apple and nike they don't talk about work-life balance does work and they they basically they chased it um you know i know like i said probably in your especially in your early years if you're starting a business you're going to have to work like basically like a madman like a lunatic 10 15 20 hours a day if needs be now like i said that's not entirely healthy And it's not sustainable long term You know especially You know I'm 31 now So I mean Moving into my 30s And you know myself
0: You're looking at the whole Work life balance now More than you were yeah, 10 years ex- ago exactly. Yeah exactly
1: You know when I was your age Okay cool No problem at all And especially you know Because myself and Steph My partner You know we don't have kids um, So now I can, I can use these years And the last 9 years You know I have no distractions So if you can't do this now in this time You know when are you going to do it You know in 5 years time you know, we could have two or three kids running around the place. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm not going to be able to go at this hammer and tongs like I have been. But hopefully, you know, by then I will have the processes in place that it'll take care of itself. Which happens with every business. Joe, obviously, you're not going to have to put in, you know, 20 hours a day when you're nine years in, as opposed to when I was one year, two years in. Yeah, that was needed, in my opinion. But of course, that's just my two cents. Well, what I have found is useful for myself is the gym and basically. Like I say, I play a lot of sport. So the gym is useful for myself in that I can get up from the computer for an hour a day. I can move. I can actually turn off my brain for an hour, which I th- which is very useful, in especially in the tech world, because otherwise, you know, you're just basically sitting down all day every day. So um, getting out from the gym really helps. And what I have found in the early days is that it really helps develop a mindset more than anything in that, you know, if you're getting up every day and you're going to the gym, you know you're eating you're going to be eating right you're going to be drinking lots of water etc so your brain is going to be right and by definition you're just going to be more productive anyway because you're looking after yourself and your brain is just working better for you i suppose it was a little bit of the work-life balance i could get after Um, but you know at the same stage i don't really have an end goal for the gym do you know like you meet people like oh what are your goals for your training etc etc and i'm like dude Show me, show me a picture of Chris Hemsworth I go to the gym every day To look as much as possible Like Chris Hemsworth Now again like that That's never going to happen You know I'm never going to get there But you know if I, if I can have that target in mind And aim for that You know If I come even remotely close I'm going to be ha- You know I'm going to be happy So I can take that gym work then And I can Just apply that mindset To my business In that you know This is going to This is going to This is going to suck for an hour This is going to be crap I don't want to do it But then when it's done do you know, I'm happy out. I'm loving life. So that that's really kind of helpful for me. That's the kind of escapism I have. I I guess you know you have the gym and you just kind of I suppose with COVID kind of glued to my PS5. But um, you need that break away, that outlet that you can just blow off steam a bit. You know. Yeah, I think so too. Especially you know at the moment, you know because you can't just you know go for a drink with your friends the weekend. I have a great bunch of friends around me in that. You know, they're really supportive of Avalanche and, you know, they share all the stuff, etc. But at the same stage, they don't really care what I do for a living. You know, like, they'll ask, you know, how's work or whatever. I could be stocking stock and shelves at the Super Value. They just, don't, they just don't care. Which is fantastic as well, you know, when you actually do get a little bit of success and if those go through your head a little bit, it's something... It has, I've been guilty of it myself in the past of getting carried away with myself a little bit and they have no problem whatsoever bringing me back down to earth, which is what you need as well. Yeah.
0: Aidan, I've asked this question to everyone so far. Uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that nobody knows. Who?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. I have two things, I guess. I was actually only discussing this with Steph the other day. Um, it's actually one of my dreams, is to invent a word. I'd love to invent a word. So when I'm dead and gone in 100 years from now, that's my word. Aidan O'Carroll from Belly Duff created a word. Yeah, like I said, no one can ever take that away from you. Like, I've... <laughs> I, I Just for whatever reason I've always I've always had that For as long as I can remember And The other one is I guess I'm aiming to be A grandmaster in chess By the time I'm 40 Wow Chess Yeah Yeah I love chess I've always loved okay. chess Even in primary school I was kind of I was thrown out of our chess club In primary school um, Because they got a teacher in And I ended up beating the teacher When I was 11 And he wasn't a bit impressed And he had He had a tantrum So then I was told to stay at home From, from then on have you watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Uh, I haven't, actually, no. Um, I, I'm, 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 worried, I'm worried I'll hate it and i would be like, just compla- complaining about it. I think you'll absolutely love it. If you're talking like that now about being a master
0: in, in, in chess, that's, that's your next go-to.
1: Oh, well, I'm a long way from that yet. But I mean, that is kind of, um, I guess, you know, when you have your little life goals, or whatever. That is something that I would love to do outside
0: of work. And someone that you've looked up to since the start of your business, where they've went, what they've done. And I kind of, kind of tried to follow... Their whole ethos Uh, Liam and Martin Ross
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No seriously though Steve Jobs has always been A big hero of mine Uh, Phil Knight Started Nike And oddly enough Actually the three of us Share the same birthday So I've always kind of Um I've always had that as a kind of little sign from the universe, you know, if you buy into that kind of thing. Yeah, they've always been two massive heroes of mine. And, you know, obviously you have people now like Whitney Wolfe at Bumble. Oh,
0: yeah. There was massive um, publicity about her on LinkedIn over even the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, which is is fantastic, man, because honestly, even whenever we're advertising positions, uh, women in tech are incredibly underrepresented. So you would hope that that was something that would inspire the next generation of girls to pick up a laptop and code or whatever they happen to get into but yeah you'd have um people like that jack ma justin Kahn, and even locally you know you just have to look over the road like edmund Harty, people like that you know basically you know they've been there done it kind of laid out the road for the likes of ourselves and even then like i said your uncle liam at the shop you know was always he's, he's been a big help to me over the years never have asked him for advice on anything He's always been like, yep, yeah, Aiden, this is what you should do, but never kind of like, okay, do this, do that. It's just always nudging you a direction more than a hard that's do this, do that. Which I th- you always need that bit of
0: support and that person to go to.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think it's important to have you know people around you. They'll actually give you kind of an hour on the shoulder, but at the same stage, you know, kick up the arse if you need it as well, because that's just as important. Because you know, especially in the early days, you can tend to feel sorry for yourself when things go against you. You know, like I said, I've had some horror stories, some clients, you know, and with any walk of life, you know, you'll just meet some people, you just don't get on with. Again, that's all an experience, you know, that's all ahead of you. If someone is trying to start a business or if they're human and hang over an idea, you know, that's gonna happen. You know, those days are going to happen. You're gonna have sleepless nights, you're gonna like I said, you know, i I've worked myself to exhaustion, like I've had panic attacks, you know. It's not pretty it's not pretty a lot of the time. But at the same stage, you know, I wouldn't stop it yeah. for anything in the world.
0: So, Aiden, you're dealing with businesses from all industries. Have you ever had a client from
1: hell? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm a bit slow to tell this story, but, you know, I think I'll, I'm going to try it out anyway. Um, so, we have... We're lucky enough that we've only ever had, I guess... I could count on one hand the amount of, like, quote-unquote clients from hell. But um, the one that really kind of takes the biscuit and, it's, you know, it gets shared around a lot online in developer circles is... One I had a couple of years ago, so it was a client. Uh, at the time, we were getting work outsourced to us from okay. different development agencies. You know, we weren't quite we weren't quite at the level yet to it, so we were happy out. We were kind of freelancing for other people. So we got a um, freelance gig um, for this woman who did jars of honey, like and it had won awards, Blast in the air, and it had like basically it was going to take over the world of honey in Ireland, and we were like. Cool, happy days This is going to raise our profile This is going to get lots of traffic On the website Because a, bi- a big part Of our marketing strategy Is We'll have a signature At the bottom of every site do by Avalanche And even if people Don't click it you know, It's a massive SEO link Back to our own website So basically we have Thousands of links All over the internet Which helps build us up She had links to Neva McGuire and everything So we were like Alright, cool Let's do this We'll get in with McGuire for McGuire like, Yeah, why not? Cool, Big clients, let's go Talk to her over the phone She was all you know, Happy out you know, She was basically like Your nan she was like, oh, I'd like to do this and that. And, uh, and we were like, cool, no problem. Very straightforward stuff. It was basically a handful of products, wrap them up, sell them online. Happy days. You know, it was nothing too hectic. E-commerce website. Yeah, nothing too hectic. Perfect. So she gave us a brief. This is what I like the look of. And typically what happens in is we would take that brief, kind of put our own spin on it, make a homepage, send it back. Once a client likes to look at the homepage Then we'll just flesh out the rest of the website You know page by page Product by product Within a half an hour Getting the test link She was like Oh this is brilliant Love it Let's um, let's go through it So we rattled through the rest of it In like Eight or nine days Put it live Everything was rosy in the garden I was thinking Jesus that was brilliant that was like no hassle whatsoever. It was the most straightforward e-commerce website we've ever done. I'm so t- intrigued as to what you're going to tell me here. This is going like, this sounds so good. And I'm like, kind of what's yeah. he going to
0: come up with? Like,
1: Oh, just wait. <laughs> so, so yeah, and everything was great. I was like, because at the time we were a little bit green on e-commerce stuff. Um, it wasn't as huge as it was now, as it is now. Then she started ringing me at just crazy hours of the day. Like you're talking like nine o'clock on a Saturday night. And you're t- and you know, first I put it down to as in, okay, look, she's an older woman. Um, you know she's doesn't really know what she's doing, so um just yeah, cool. We'll, we'll just walk her through it. It'll grand You know she'll leave me alone in a couple of days, and she'll just learn to do it herself. Like you know, like we gone through her with tutorials, and then kind of almost like you flip a switch. She just got like completely, just absolutely vicious about everything. So she would start ringing me, emailing me, harassing, saying, "Oh, we need this change. We need that change. I'm losing out on twenty thousand in sales a day." this is terrible, you've ruined my business. And I remember I was coming home from the gym in Bally Bunyan and I thought, uh, th- this is this it, is this, this is the end now and I'm going to end up being a loser for the rest of my life because I'm going to lose my business. Uh, my parents are going to have to sell their house and basically, like, you know, we're all fucked, basically. Every uh, worst idea was coming into your head. going to yeah. that. That's just how it happens. You just think, okay, the world is going to end. And basically, we started jumping through all our hoops then in that... She wanted this change, like luminous pink backgrounds, yellow fonts. It was like it was like something you'd make yourself on Microsoft Paint when you were ten years old. In the end up, we ended up taking our signature off it because I was like, I just can't put my name on this. This is absolutely atrocious. And we thought, all right, look, we're making her happy. Do you know, she can't complain too much now. Let's, you know, bad client. Let's get rid of her. Yeah. And we thought happy days hadn't heard anything in a bit, and then she kind of started coming back to us then. And saying, look, you need to change this, you need to change that. And I was kind of getting ready to kind of bounce back and say, look, you know, we can't really keep doing this for you. We need, you know, this is a lot of our time. And she said, "Okay, that's fair enough. And we left it at that. And then weeks kind of went past, didn't hear anything from her. And then she basically rang me and said, I want a total refund. You've cost me over €100,000 in sales. And that if I didn't pay her a lump sum today, I was... basically going to be completely shaken down and that her legal t- Oh my god. Her her legal team her legal team was gonna nail us to the wall and every kind of nightmare situation you could think of going through my head. I gone past the stage of kind of being afraid of her which I was at the time to be completely honest. And Aiden, t- where
0: were you in your business journey at this stage? How many oh, years this, were you
1: this is this is twenty fourteen. This is like- So you were only literally
0: two years in business and this yeah, I mean, lady is shouting over the phone.
1: Yeah, I'd been around a little bit but at the same stage I was still a little bit green because, you know, she was still kind of like an older woman. So, it kind of felt a little bit... It was like your mother giving out to you. It was kind of, she kind of reduced me down to kind of two inches tall a little yeah. bit. So, at this stage, I was kind of starting to grow a little bit. I was kind of thinking, okay, Aidan, don't, don't lose it on the phone because this is just going to be terrible. And she's going to leave you a bad review and you'll be destroyed online. So, it was then... I got that phone call from her and I just kind of hung up on her. And I was like, look, I'm going to say something I regret. So I didn't hear anything back for ages. Yeah, I was kind of building myself up, building myself up. And I was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. all right, let's go <laughs> and make, make, make this phone call now. And I tried ringing her back a couple of days later and just rang out, rang out. And I was like, OK, maybe she's just going to decide to leave me alone. Hmm. And it didn't turn out until like a few days later I came in from the gym again. And um, my mom was just taking up the dinner. Um, for my dad he was expected home from work And I turned on the news And I heard that a woman and a man Had been killed somewhere up the country I took no notice you know it was just in the background And then I heard the name and I was like Stop it I know that name So it was her She was killed So what I ended up being is that um Oh my god She was a professional con woman She was basically wanted by the FBI The Irish Police The Northern Ireland PSNI I think it is um, so she was a professional con woman all her life And she had married this guy of the country somewhere Who he in fair, he seems to be a victim more than anyone To be honest with you So what they were doing is They were selling this honey They were buying it in bulk From little or Aldi or somewhere And repackaging it as you know, Irish organic honey And they were winning all these awards So I think in the end of when She ended up basically trying to shake me down for some money I think Their bodies were found by burglars Who had broken into like the shed house or farmhouse Or whatever it happened to be Oh lads, that is
0: so sad. I did not expect this story to be going in this direction.
1: So yeah, uh, that's basically been my worst client from hell. Ever since we've had that kind of client from hell, everything else is, you know, kind of pales in comparison. So that's kind of been the worst that's ever been. You cannot cater for that. Like, you know, you can study business for 10 years and you can't cater for that. So um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of been the worst client from hell story. Which is, it's it's obviously had a very sad ending for everyone involved. Of course, but, of course. you know I just it's it's just it's just a mad story from our point of view because to said I must have been one of the last people she spoke to. so Aidan, from humble beginnings and then being able to give
0: back to your local community, I've seen a couple of posts recently.
1: yeah, I think um I think anyone, especially you know if you happen to be doing well in business and you happen to have some level of success, you know whatever success means to you personally. I think you are obligated to do something for your local community and you know the people who helped basically raise you like for example like we do a lot of work for our own GA club here um like personally I owe a lot to the GA club you know it instilled a want to win in me from a very young age that I know a lot of the rest of the lads identify as well with in their own like professional lives between that and you know trying to help local schools just giving away tablets computers and stuff i mean they love to see me going in harvey normans because basically (laughs) whenever i come in i've just weighed down with laptops or tablets or whatever and the funny thing is my brother works in there but he works in like a different department he works like the home entertainment or something so he can never give me like a staff discount or everything so i'm always cursing him but again, like I said, if you can do to try and give back to people, like I said, village like ourselves, you know, GA is the heartbeat of the community. Like I said, your uncle is just involved, if if not more than anyone. And so I think it's kind of, again, it instilled a real like a win in me that I've always had to this day. And I think that translates itself to business. Like, for example, a couple of years ago, um, I sponsored Ratu, be our local soccer team. And I was playing, I, I play centre back for Ratu. Um, so we were lucky enough then that we were kind of, we, we won the league final. We knew for a long time who we'd be playing. I was absolutely terrible that day. I played centre-back and I was responsible for about two goals. Like, <laughs> my, my boots were on the wrong feet. I was absolutely atrocious. The lads absolutely read me and, you know, they were well within the rights too. I was terrible. Personally speaking, I knew then that when it came to the final, you know, if I do my job, we'll probably win because you can trust the, likes sort of uh, Mikey, Podrick Boyle. They'll do their job and they'll win. So what I did was, again, just display my obsessive attention to detail, is I found out the guy who I'd be marking, basically. I found out where he goes to the gym. So for the four, five, six weeks before the final, I found out where he went to the gym, and I found out what time he went to the gym. And I basically, I would make sure every time he was in that gym, I was right next to him, working harder than he would. So he, I'd be there before him, and I would, leave, I would leave after him. So then by the time I came to the day of the final he would know that no matter what he did, he wouldn't outwork me. I was going to beat him and I was going to run longer, harder, faster. Whatever he did, he wasn't going to win. So then I was kind of confident in the detail that we had that one before we ever played because... That is dedication, the, That is beyond. <laughs> some, some people would call it obsession. <laughs> but, Obsessed, yeah. But that's just kind of... That's the level of detail that I, I took from that initial failure again from like I failed in that first game that I could take that and translate that to the final when it was important. And luckily that uh, we won like 6-1 or something. The guy I was macking was taken off after half an hour. I was happy out. Um, so basically, yeah, uh, a little bit psychotic. But, you know, we got there in the end. That's the kind of level of detail, you know, the, the fire again, that local community just kind of instilling you that fear of failure and that want to win at any cost, which I think, again, translates itself well to business. I think that's why you see a lot of like high-end sports like county sportsmen and women move into business on retirement because you know they're chasing that competitiveness that yeah that, that age that want to win which business which business will give you you know especially at the higher corporate end which is um it can end up a little bit like a drug because you know when, if you're any bit competitive whatsoever you know you're chasing it you want to win you want to compete you want to be the best which will lend itself well to your business because if you're aiming to be the best you know, even if you don't hit that, you'll go a long way towards it right. rather than just middling around the road.
0: Aiden, tell our listeners where they can find you.
1: Uh, yeah, you can just visit the uh, website avalanche.ie or you can on Instagram, it's Aiden underscore avalanche. Or yeah, that's pretty much it. You can Facebook, just Google us, you'll find it.
0: Aiden, thank you very much for being my fifth guest of the BizTrapreneur podcast. It's been an experience this hour hearing the whole story of avalanche designs. Thank you very much.
1: No problem at all. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the sixth episode of the Bistrepreneur podcast. We are now so close to being one month active as a podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for sharing it. And as I'll say it again, it has been a roller coaster. I've really enjoyed it. You know what? I really felt when. When it went down, when I uploaded it, um, I just felt like I kept on forgetting that there was actually people listening to me somewhere. Set your alarms for next Thursday, the 22nd of April, where we'll have Sarah Lynch, who talks about setting up her businesses, Swim Buddies and Ebb and Flow. Plus, we're on Instagram. Check it out. Biztrepreneur Podcast. Give us a follow. And also, I'd really appreciate if you like, subscribe, rate, review, screenshot, put on your story, whatever it is, all that good stuff. And I look forward to being back on here next week. Thank you and goodbye. If you've been affected by any of the topics raised in this episode, please know that the Samaritans are there to offer advice and support. You can visit them at samaritans.org or you can call 116 123. Lines are open 24 hours a day and the calls are free.